Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident hempo-sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up. For our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, entering its 27th year, founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also founded hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Brian Houlihan of the Dublin Hemp Museum, who will join me for Ireland in about one minute. I know what hemp is, you might say. Hemp is the stuff that those scratchy necklaces and drawstring pants were made of that everybody at the Grateful Dead concerts in the 90s were wearing. And while you might be technically accurate, 
And I was and am proudly one of those deadheads. The truth is there's reported to be as many as 25,000 practical uses for the non-euphoric industrial cousin of intoxicating marijuana, or as the enlightened like to call it, cannabis. Industrial hemp is one of the first natural fibers utilized by humankind on a mass scale, with a single fiber being as much as 15 feet long. The oldest known coarse paper was made from hemp and can be traced to the early Western Han Dynasty in China. All ropes were originally made of hemp, as were the sails of ships. For a millennia, hemp was a primary material used for textiles, and in early Europe, hemp was utilized for things like horse bedding and horticultural mulch. Hemp is the number one natural agent for phytoremediation or decontamination of soil, a remediator for leaching radiation and toxic heavy metals from the ground, and it was even used at Chernobyl for such. But hemp's fatal flaw is being that close cousin of euphoric THC-rich cannabis. While the one with THC is short and bushy, hemp is tall with long stalks, but the leaves of both look strikingly similar. In fact, some believe that the original reason stony cannabis was targeted as illegal was actually to get to hemp so that the world's most resilient and resourceful natural fiber could be replaced by petrochemical agents like nylon, for example. Stony cannabis was replaced in medicine by petroleum-based pharmaceutical drugs as well. But don't take my week, my word for it. Last week, I brought you Vera Toomey, the Irish mother of Ava Berry, who suffers from Dravet syndrome, an extremely rare drug-resistant form of epilepsy. The Cork, Ireland-based family has successfully fought for cannabis-based medicine for their daughter. Today, you might get a PhD in CBD, as I'm joined by Brian Houlihan of the Dublin Hemp Museum. Brian's not only a much better expert than I am about hemp, he's a hemp historian who has researched the plant's rich history in Ireland and beyond. Brian, how are you? Welcome to Cannabis Radio. Uh, thanks very much, Vivian. It's uh, my pleasure to be on your show. It's a fantastic show. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's a pleasure to be joining you. Sweet. It's, it's a pleasure having you. Let's just start off with how did the Dublin Hemp Museum, Museum come into existence and what will visitors find there? Okay, well, I suppose just a bit of backstory. The museum itself is about almost five years old, but it's actually, the museum is located below the hemp company, and the hemp company is, as the name might suggest, a hemp store, and that is a kind of, essentially a family-run store, which was established by Jim McDonald, and him, his family, and some other staff. They run a really nice little hemp store there. The shop itself has been running for about 20 years, um, and then it's been in its current location I think about half of that. So um, about five years ago, Jim and other of his colleagues, they set up this museum to um, showcase the benefits of hemp, kind of replicating the museums you have in Amsterdam and Barcelona and elsewhere. And then in more recent times, I would have came on board just to share some of my research um, because for the past few years, I have been researching the history of hemp in Ireland and I suppose teaming up with the museum and being able to showcase uh, the research is just a perfect marriage, really. You have written, based on the limited archaeological evidence available, it seems hemp has been in Ireland for at least 2,000 years and used by various cultures. Is that something that the average Irish citizen would likely know? Or has your hemp history been scrubbed from popular culture like ours has here in America? Um, oh, it's something very few people would know. Um, and I think even people within the community, many people wouldn't be aware of the Irish history. Um, I suppose there's a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, hemp is a bit of a niche topic beyond us hemsters, um, you know, and I think there's still a lot of confusion there. Um, 
But I also think that um, more generally, more people know about the United States of America. Uh, you know, many of us would have read the work of Jack Herrer. Uh, we listen to podcasts such as yours and, you know, we watch documentaries. And I suppose it's only in recent times, uh, people like myself and other people in other countries, they're starting to look more at their local history. Um, but, you know, with my mu- with the museum there, the podcast, it's slowly starting to change here. I think people are starting to wake up to it because um, it's, it's a long history. By comparison, the potato has only been in Ireland about 500 years. Yes, everyone associates us with us, you know, but hemp has been here 2,000 years. And I think people would probably be shocked to learn that and they wouldn't know certainly much about it either. Can you talk a little bit more about the history of hemp in Ireland? Uh, you say that uh, uh, various cultures, uh, who used it and, and, and how? Well, I suppose it's obviously not a native plant to Ireland, so it's it's been brought over through the years by, you know, perhaps people coming from Central Europe to Germanic peoples. The Vikings would have been uh, quite fond of hemp and they would have invaded Ireland maybe a thousand years ago. And a lot of the archaeological evidence would relate to kind of Viking sites like the city of Dublin. Uh, a lot of the modern city would rest on kind of the remains of Viking city and medieval Ireland. Um so different cultures have brought it here. And then, not to get too geopolitical, but we had uh, Ireland was part of the British Empire for about 800 years. And uh, obviously, Britain, with its strong navy and with its interest in textiles uh, and other manufactured, uh, other items that are manufactured from hemp, we would have seen hemp production here during the British rule in Ireland. Um, but at the same time, it would have been limited because of... Um, you know, Britain would have preferred to keep certain industries down here. Um, and then in, in recent years after Irish independence, you know, there has been people in Ireland looking into hemp. Um, but Ireland gained its independence in 1922. You know, 100 years earlier, it might have been more fitting. But by 1922, I think the tide was starting to turn on hemp, sadly. The laws were starting to change around the world. And, you know, you had different technologies coming in as well. Uh, I read that a group of farmers have come together to form the Irish Hemp Growers and Processors Association, uh, which is reported to have the support of the Irish Farmers Association. What are the current laws in Ireland regarding industrial hemp production, and are there currently, in your opinion, sufficient processing facilities in the country uh, if there was a lot of it produced? Um, Well, hemp in Ireland has been legal here since about the mid-90s, and that's the similar enough story across the EU um, and once the licensing came in, we had a couple of um, research agencies look at it here, and there was a couple of farmers interested early on. But I think the lack of facilities um, has just kind of hindered the the industry, and the industry itself has kind of evolved. Initially, people would have been looking at hemp for maybe uh, replacing MDF-type wood building material, or they would have been looking at biomass, or they would have been looking at different items and now CBD has kind of come onto the market, and I think there's a lot of interest around hemp now because CBD, um, because of the emergence of CBD, there's certainly a lot more interest in hemp. But there is a lot of people looking at the food side of things and the biomass side of things. But with all these, you do need the processing facilities, and sadly, Ireland just doesn't have the facilities at the moment. Um, um, but as Sadly, Ireland doesn't have the facilities at the moment, but we are looking to, uh, you know, try and encourage investment into the island. We are trying to see what we can do with the basic facilities already here to try and produce products. Um, it's difficult, but we have a lot of enthusiastic people involved with the cooperative. Is there a lot of timber production in Ireland? I mean, what's the status on that? 
Not really anymore. When so. that report, yeah, no, when that report was issued about twenty years ago now, um, it 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 there was kind of the fledgling industry there, but no, it was it was it was pretty much gone. I think the, the report itself was quite interesting. They grew seven different varieties, so the research was very very valuable to hempsters like us. But um, what they were looking at was probably sadly a bit redundant. But I, I suppose it's interesting. It shows you the kind of the changing landscape of the industry that one time we're talking about building materials, the next time we're talking about textiles, that, you know, hemp, it's got so many uses and sometimes that can be a big hindrance to it. True. Uh, we got about two minutes before the break. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, construction materials and building materials, how prevalent is the use of hemp in the form of materials like hempcrete cement or hemp insulation in Ireland? Uh, and 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 is there a reason you think that those products would be desirable? And um, there is a number of uh, locations here that utilize hempcrete. They tend to be self-builds, um, just people who are building their own homes. Um, there is maybe perhaps between Northern Ireland and Ireland, there's maybe around ten houses, if not more, that would have it. Um, would have the insulation or the hempcrete and different types of. Um, they would utilize hemp in different type of ways. Uh, I think it's it's such a niche thing that people are only starting to learn about it. Uh, we had an economic downturn like many people, so self-builds have kind of gone on, you know, they've stopped in recent years. But I think as people are looking to start building again, they will look towards products like hemp because we have a very wet and damp climate here. Uh, we have a lot of um, high levels of respiratory problems and it's, it's just, it just tends to be a very damp and miserable country here and probably a lot similar to what I've read about Seattle. <laughs> Maybe not as, you know, um, but, you know, so the hemp, the hemp houses are perfect for the type of climate we have. And obviously, you know, if in an ideal world in a few years time, the cooperative could be producing the hemp for people that are processing it here and we're building all the homes locally because um, it's such a small island. Uh, 300 kilometers long, you know, with one or two processing facilities, we really could utilize the plant to its full potential. And certainly I think hemp homes would be a really big benefit. Yeah, a lot of people might not know that that wet cement, that conventional cement is actually toxic and you need to use protection uh, when you use it. Um, and that uh, hempcrete is actually mildew resistant uh, and it uh, is uh, carbon neutral. Uh, and it is uh, it breathes. It's warm in the uh, winter and cool in the summer. My guest is Brian Houlihan from the Hemp Museum in Dublin, Ireland. And we're going to take our first pause for the cause because there's still flaws in the laws. Be right back. The word from our sponsor. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. 
get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back with Brian Houlihan from the Dublin Hemp Museum. You have done uh, extensive research on Irish hemp production. I've been very impressed looking up all of your materials. Uh, it's, it's been uh, really illuminating for me. What has surprised you the most in your research? Um, I suppose that, as we mentioned, the 2,000 years of history, I think the factor was 2,000 years of history was the most eye-opening for me, um, having read Jack Herrera's book and been very centric on America. It was very fascinating to just realize there was so much history here. But I think on a personal level, the funniest or most interesting story, um, it occurred a few years ago. I was looking through the archives from the National Parliament, you know, where they hold committees and they would have various different events. And there was actually a committee meeting looking at alternative energy. And one of the items that came up was hemp. And um, I was looking through the minutes of the meeting. And uh, it actually turns out that somebody had grown hemp in my hometown. This was in 2008, I believe. Uh, I had no idea about this. And I think that was the biggest shock for me to realize somebody had grown hemp in my hometown without me realizing. Because uh, <laughs> it's a very small town from where I come from. And, you know, if, if somebody had been growing hemp, it would have been very much of local interest. Um, from what I gather, uh, there was actually a picture of the field shown in the national par- the committee as well. Uh, sadly, I only got to see the minutes of the meeting and not the actual picture. Um, but that is my that's on my to do list to find that picture. But it was just fascinating, you know. You're when you're researching about America or you're researching about other places in Ireland, it's interesting. But to actually find a story from your own uh, hometown and one that was so recent within my own memory, it was. Um, you know, I was probably walking through a field nearby that without myself knowing. <laughs> well, as as you know, we are facing uh, catastrophic climate change, uh, changes in our biosphere because of human activity. Uh, the loss of a stunning amount of species is already starting. Uh, Earth will be fine, but it's 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 our inhabitants which might be severely threatened. How important is industrial hemp in terms of preserving and restoring our biosphere and our natural habitats? Um, oh, hemp is, is very important. I think anyone that listens to the show and listens to your array of guests will know by now hemp can clean soil or it can improve the soil. Hemp can clean the air. Uh, we can use it for food. We can use it for clothes. We can make many products, many of which are biodegradable. So I think when you put these all together, it really does sound like, um, I won't say the ultimate solution, but hemp can play a major, major part of the solution. Um, but I, I suppose if we are honest, it's it's not as easy as, as it sounds. And as we often say, hemp, as I, sorry, as, as I often say, hemp, because it has so many uses that it can often be its biggest hindrance. So I think if we can focus everybody to focus on maybe a couple of, you know, hemp homes, I think 
even if we just had everybody focusing on building hemp homes for the next decade, that would make a big improvement or cleaning the soil. But there's so many uses from hemp that uh, it could play a major role. And I suppose we just have to hope that it's not too late. You know, Jack Hare was a, a good friend of mine. Uh, I knew him for uh, decades. And uh, uh, the very first Seattle Hemp Fest in 1991, Jack's on our stage and he's like, uh, hemp can save the planet. And and uh, afterwards, I was like, you know, Jack, isn't that a little bit overboard? I mean, maybe you'd have, can you tone that down a little bit? Maybe you'd have more credibility, you know? I mean, that just seems like about much, a bit much. And and the more I learned, I realized, my God, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty much kind of close to a fact. I think Jack was right, more right than I realized he was. Um, you're a member of Students for Sensible Drug Policy. I've interviewed uh, the U.S. Director, Betty Aldworth, on this show. You also work with Help Not Harm. What can you tell us about uh, your work with those two organizations? Yeah, uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policy is a fantastic organization. And a number of years ago, uh, myself and a number of individuals such as Graham DeBarra, we would have uh, set up um, the first chapter here in Cork in Ireland. And it has just grown since then. Uh, many of our universities and third level institutions or our colleges, they have uh, chapters now. And, you know, these chapters hold regular events locally. There's national conferences and um you know the it, it does really well to reach out to the students but then with the help not harm you know we many of us progress and we leave college so you know the help not harm is similar enough to students for sensible drug policy your sort of non-profit advocate advocate um your non-profit group that does advocating and lobbying on the topic of drugs and drug policy and members of help not harm we've spoken at the local level and national level international level and um, you know we would have supported people like Vera Toomey we've held a metal cannabis summit we've advised on metal cannabis bills so you know we're one of um, a few groups here that are really trying to push drug policy reforms and because Ireland is so small we are it's very lucky that you know you could see the the prime minister or you know the vice prime minister on a train on a Monday and it wouldn't be surprising we really have a lot of access to top level politicians here it wouldn't be like the United States so you know if we can get in the room with some in, um, influential people whether we have the uh, whether we have the influence on them uh, it's not all we don't know but you know it, it's good that we can get in the room with these people and groups like Help Not Harm allow it to, uh, us to do this. And of course, I, I'm assuming that Help Not Harm is referencing the concept of harm reduction, uh, which assumes that people are going to use substances. So let's try to create an environment where the least harm is produced for the individuals and for society. Um, you're also a politico, and you ran for local elections in 2014 as an independent. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was a very uh, interesting experience and uh, a tough. I I don't know if you've ever been involved in local politics or any politics. It's um, it's it's very tough. It's you know in Ireland we do a lot of canvassing. This is where you go from door to door talking to people, and that is probably the most interesting thing. You know, knocking on a random person's door, asking them to talk about politics. It it can be quite hostile, but to be fair, everyone was. Um, adventure and you know I was able to bring up the topic of drug policy reform and hemp and there would have been radio interviews and other uh, bits and pieces from it um, 
I, I think it's a good learning experience. Anyone that's interested in politics, I think, you know, sometimes it's good to actually put your name on the ballot and it's a great learning experience. It, you know, I think I would have spoken to many local politicians and given you access to media. And then when you leave the political circles and you want to go back and talk to people about hemp, they remember you. So it, it, it gives you a bit of credibility in many ways as well if you can um, try and get involved with politics. But it, it's very tough, you know, I think um, most people realise that as well. It's uh, You need a lot of thick skin and uh, uh, probably deep pockets to get fair, you know. Boy, I think you need thicker skin than ever uh, in our current environment, man. <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating looking at politics, and you know, it has everything to do with pro- with prohibition and and the the current situation we are. And thank God we're making um, some progress. Uh, do, do you think? Uh, what, what, what's I, I talked to Vera about. Um, about medical marijuana, uh, what, what, what's the temperature in Ireland as far as full legalization, in your opinion? Um, on the full legalization, I think we're still quite a way off. I think the debate around medical cannabis is probably over, thanks to people like Vera Toomey. Uh, I often say, you know, we have cannabis activism here for decades, but people like Vera Toomey have done more, you know, in a year than pe- others have done in decades. The debate has come on leaps and bounds. And certainly more people know about CBD than THC. Um, you know, you'll find CBD in health stores, even some pharmacies here stock it. And um, it, the, the debate around medical is one. I think recreational is more tough to sell. There's still, uh, Ireland would be a traditional Catholic conservative country. And there'd still be a lot of concerns around just drug being dangerous, similar enough to reefer madness you had in the United States. Um, but I think that there's there's a sea change happening. I think the younger people coming through um, would have different views on it. And I think the liberalisation that we're seeing in different countries um, has changed things. And I think it, because the war of drugs is very much based on America, when everybody is looking to America and, you know, California opened up and that's one of the biggest economies in the world, I, I think things are going to change, especially once the data starts coming out from California and the sky doesn't fall in. Yeah, and, and as I would say, there's a sea change coming. It's a THC change. <laughs> um, as an American, I have felt a deep responsibility to work as hard as possible uh, because it's America that has marketed prohibition all over the world, and, and it's America that has a moral and ethical responsibility to do everything we can to turn this around. Uh, my guest is Brian Houlihan from the Dublin Hemp Museum. We're going to take our second pause. Roach it for a minute. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with our final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. 
Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. I'm back with Brian Houlihan. Brian, there was an Irishman named Sir William Brooke O'Shaughnessy and another one named George Sigerson. Who, who were they, and why should folks know their names? Well, William Brooke O'Shaughnessy, I think, is certainly a more familiar name. He would be a scientist and a doctor, and in the mid-18th uh, century, or sorry, the 1800s, he would have traveled to India, and there he uh, conducted research on all the native plants, so the poppy plants and the cannabis plants. And he ended up writing um, and conducting research on the cannabis plant, and that includes uh, on children, a 40-day 40 40 uh, old child who had uh, seizures. And he, uh, William Brooker Shotton, claims that to have stopped the seizures with this. Um, and he did other uh, tests on different ailments. Um, and I suppose when you consider this is forty, you know, a long, long time, almost 100 years before Prohibition. And at the time, no one had really done research on medical cannabis. And after William Brooker Shotton, there just came... Uh, a real explosion of metal cannabis research. He brought cannabis from India back to the UK, and in the UK, they turned it into the famous tinctures that ended up on shelves all around the British Empire, essentially. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the famous old medicines, uh, William Brooker Shotnessy, he's probably the grandfather of metal cannabis, and he would be the individual that helps bring this about. And it just so happens he's from Ireland, so we like to claim him. Well, Brian Houlihan of the Dublin Hemp Museum, found at hempcompany.ie. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I wish we had an hour. Uh, thank you so much for your, your work, and thanks for being on the show. I've enjoyed it very much. Hempy Trails, bro. Thanks very much, and um, I look forward to uh, listening to future shows. All right. Take care, my brother. Now, when I get to a weekly feature, Hemp is in on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week. Growing hemp as nature designed it is vital to our urgent need to reduce greenhouse gases and ensure the survival of our planet. And that was the late Jack Herer, the author of the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, the father of the modern hemp movement. That includes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my man, Brasco, in the control room and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. I also want to welcome Spotify listeners to Cannabis Radio and invite everyone to join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. 
Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Freedom fighter! Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.